What up, what up, what up? What's going on, good people? Welcome to 2023. Happy New Year to all of y'all. Hope y'all enjoy the holiday. Hope y'all have time with the family. Time off your feet, some time to relax, reflect, and look forward. Appreciate y'all for tuning in to this edition of Herb and Two. Alongside Tucson One, my name is Herb Howard. Every Thursday and Saturday now, Thursday and Saturday, Except for the Patreon fam, all the official dirt bags get to watch Relationship Fridays on Tuesday as they air live. But appreciate y'all so much for tuning in. Again, this is where we get together. We talk about issues that currently impact the black community. We talk about how those issues impact us individually and also how they impact us collectively. And along with your help, we talk through these issues in hopes of finding the optimum solutions for how we can overcome said issues. Again, overcome them individually, but perhaps more importantly, at least for the sake of this conversation, overcome them as a collective. Thank y'all so very, very much for choosing to tune in. We greatly, greatly appreciate you. Please take a quick second to share the broadcast, share it on your personal page, share it even within your personal network with anyone that you think would add value to or find value in this particular conversation. It is our sincere belief that the more like-minded individuals we can get to be a part of this conversation, the better the opportunities we actually have of reaching those aforementioned solutions. So please, 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 if you would be so kind, Share it with somebody that you think would appreciate it. Also, like, subscribe, set your notification reminders. Put some in the comments. We appreciate all of that as we continue to grow this conversation. Again, happy, happy New Year to y'all. This is Herb and Two. It is intellectual thuggery at its absolute finest. My name is Herb. His name is Two. Two. Happy New Year, my brother. What's up, family? Happy New Year to you, too. I just realized this is the first time we've seen each other since New Year, or we lying to the people? Yeah, I'm pretty sure we lying to the people about us not seeing each other. Okay. Because I was getting confused. Like, damn, we ain't done this since We haven't year. done the show. <laughs> like, we took off the first week. We, we, we didn't, we didn't, we didn't, there were no broadcasts the first week. I mean, we put out the, the note and told everybody we wasn't going to be doing the show. Okay. For that first week. But okay. I, I'd be would, high, Ben. I don't know. It would surprise me if I haven't seen you for any nine-day stretch since... Yeah. Fucking 2015. That yeah. would that would that would be surprising. I was surely me. confused, like damn, it's tonight, man. <laughs> <laughs> we did the shit. That, that would that would be a little surprising to me at this point. All the days just blend together, brother. I'll, I'll try to tell you they run together back to back. But how you doing though, man? You good? Man, I'm alright, bro. I, you know, I'm I'm alright. You alright? A lot of shit going on, but I'm a, I'm a, you know I'm a Viking, so it is what it is. A Viking. I'm quite well myself, brother. I'm all good. Um. The Bears wrapped up their season uh, this past week. This past Sunday, they wrapped up their they season. It came to a merciful end. They lost uh, it. Yeah, they lost it. Okay. For the 10th week in a row. Who they play? Uh, they play the Minnesota Vikings. Oh, okay. Uh, the Vikings. Um, lost for the 10th week in a row. Finished the season at 3-13. and 13. Secured the number one draft pick in the most dramatic fashion. Like, the most exciting part – the most excitement I've ever seen on the Bears beat this particular season happened after their season was over. The Bears lose the game, and then we're watching the Houston Texans and Indianapolis Colts game because that had a huge implication on whether or not the Bears will get the number one pick or the number two pick. Mm-hmm. So usually when the game is over, all of the media, we immediately get on the elevator, go downstairs for open locker room, press conferences, yada, yada, yada. We all just stayed upstairs in the press box watching this Texans-Colts game, and that shit had a chokehold on us. We was watching that game. Man, the, so the Bears needed the Texans to win the game for them to get the number one pick. Texans got the ball fourth and 20. And Lovey Smith is their head coach, right. the former Bears coach. Right. Uh, Texans Last got the time ball. the Bears won the Super Bowl. Right, exactly. 
Fourth and 20, the Texans got the ball. They throw up a prayer of a pass. Dude come down with it in the end zone. They catch the ball. They go for two. They get a two-point conversion. They win the game like that. We in a booth like, oh, shit. <laughs> like, damn. So now we going downstairs like, hey, y'all can number one pick. Like, how y'all feel about that? Because y'all ain't shit else going on right here. <laughs> Love you getting fired too, ain't it? He got fired. He like got fired. They fired him like thirty minutes after that. It's like mm, yeah. we told you that's not to win that game. We trying to get number one pick, goofball. <laughs> but they weren't going. They weren't going to keep him no way, man. They do black coaches so bad. Um, yeah, I think that was the, the the larger story. I was listening to some sports radio about how Lovey only had half a season with a bad team, and yeah. even still, it was a response from the the shit that went on in uh, Miami yeah. earlier. Yeah, exactly. But more been interesting this year, even though I've been paying attention. Yeah, Brian Flores was the former coach of the Miami Dolphins. He got fired and filed suit against the league and its owners uh, uh, claiming discrimination. And, you know, that case is ongoing, but there was some evidence of it. And then the Texans had fired their black coach, like, immediately out of nowhere, really. Um, and they wanted to hire this white dude, Josh McCown, who actually used to be a quarterback for the Bears at some point. But he got no coaching experience, no none of that. There's what's called the Rooney Rule that's put in right. place in the league where they're uh, every time there's an opening for a general manager or head coach, you gotta you're required to hire to interview a minority candidate. Mm -hmm. It's a bullshit thing that they just kind of put in place and they don't really do nothing. But they was violating that. Like, we're just going to hire Josh McCown. So everybody was up in arms about that. And if they already had the Brian Flores lawsuit hanging over them, so it was like, mm, don't do that. Go get hire Lovey Smith. Hi, Lovey what Smith black was, coaches left? Mike Tomlin? Lovey Smith was their defensive coordinator at the time anyway. Um, head got, coaches, I mean, specifically. Right, right. Yeah, for sure. You got – um. Mike Tomlin, um, damn, I don't know. Uh, Robert Sala is not white. Um, but not black. No, I don't know what he is. Keep it Sala ain't black. Jackson, no. Washington, <laughs> you know, we get past that, Dre black. Uh, but he coached the New York Jets. Um, <clears throat> trying to think, there has to be at least one more, right? I would like to think that, but I could be wrong. Ron Rivera coaches the Commanders, but also not black. Um, is there another black head coach in the National Football League? I feel like I should know this off the top of my head, but I don't. I don't think there is, bro. Mm -hmm. I think Mike Tomlin is a stone alone at this point. Um, now that they fired Lovey Smith, mm -hmm. who the AFC? Who the NFC? AFC? NFC West? Where was Lovey at before Illinois? He was the DC, he was defensive coordinator in Houston. Before then, he was at Illinois. Before then, he had coached the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. They had him for two years, fired him. Hired a white dude named Duck, Dirk Cutter. Then before then, he was here when the Bears fired him for going ten and six. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? It's 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 wild for black it's wild for black coaches. It's super super wild. But anyway, that's uh that's what was going on with them, man. But I'm happy that that season is is over. Uh, obviously, I love that job. I love doing it. But man, it's it's just a lot. It takes a lot of time, and when they not Real, real good. It'd be like, yeah. Just, what they gonna do with the first pick though? Probably trade it. I imagine they're gonna trade it down to accumulate more draft picks. Mm -hmm. They don't need a quarterback. Uh, in my estimation, they don't need a quarterback. And so uh, there're gonna be a lot of teams that really want a quarterback. And when you really want a quarterback, you get desperate. So you're like, oh, we'll we give you two first round picks or three first round picks for your number one pick to come up and get a quarterback. So I imagine they're gonna trade down um, and start to secure some other things. The Bears got a lot of needs, so they can go defensive line, offensive line, wide receiver. They got a lot of needs. They a lot of holes they need to fill. So quarterback not being one, I imagine they're gonna trade that number one pick down to somebody for, you know, whatever's the biggest haul they can get while still feeling comfortable about the player they're gonna get where they drop down to. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? So if they got four or five players they know they would love to have, then we okay, cool, we, we cool dropping down to five, you know what I'm saying? And letting y'all come up here. 
But it's going to depend on how many other teams want quarterbacks because, again, the Bears don't need one. So if it's three teams that want quarterbacks, then it might you might be able to go down to eight. If you like five guys and you, none of your five guys is quarterbacks and three teams want quarterbacks, it might be able to go down. So we'll see. Uh, it's a huge, huge offseason for the Bears. They have an opportunity to get much better really, really fast. We'll see uh, how their general manager, black dude, 36-year-old cat named Ryan Poles, we'll see how he does uh, in his first major offseason on the job. I don't know what it is. Yeah, I've lost all desire to pay attention to sports, bro. Yeah. I had the opportunity, what was it, last week when the Bulls played Giannis and them. I had mm-hmm. tickets to that shit out, gave them away. Yeah. Yeah. Then I had a, a opportunity to play last, what, the other night or the night before when they played? Not play, but when yeah. the Bulls played the other night. I don't even know who they played. But yeah. I was like, no, nah, I'm going to date with my daughter. <laughs> hey. I mean, that's what it was. It make, hey, it make more sense, bro. I don't, you know I, don't, I, mean? I don't blame you. I ain't been that much in tune with it, for real, for real. Uh, other than these Bears, I ain't been that much in tune with like the basketball and all that stuff too. So we'll see if we get more in tune with it as we go. Do want to let y'all know a couple um things. Uh, first of all, uh, you official dirtbags from Patreon, y'all can expect some merch to be coming y'all way soon. So y'all be checking y'all mailboxes and whatnot uh, for some Urban Two merch for all you official dirtbags. We told y'all we would send it to y'all in the first three months of y'all being dirtbags, but. Why wait? So we're just going to send it to y'all uh, soon. So y'all be checking y'all boxes for that. Also, everybody, let us know about some guests. If there's any guests that y'all think would be um, of value to answer this conversation, let us know. We'll reach out to them. If y'all got connections to them, y'all reach out to them, and we might can set that up. So uh, those are just a couple of housekeeping things we wanted to get into. Um, want to speak on DeMar Hamlin, uh, young man from the Buffalo Bills who effectively – for in every, all intents and purposes, died on the field last Monday night, mm-hmm. uh, Monday night football, Buffalo Bills game. He died on the field. And thanks to the quick reaction of the training staff and everybody who was there, they performed CPR on the field. They got the defibrillator out there real quick, shocked his heart. He was able to save his life. He actually went home today. He left the Cincinnati hospital because he had been in Cincinnati where the game was at since last Monday night. Today he was actually able to get back home to Buffalo, left out the hospital, Real, real good, man. It was a very terrifying, terrifying scene. I'm sure everybody's heard about it by now. Um, but it was a terrifying thing to watch him die on that field like that. And he had all these people that was talking about, you know, they should have kept playing the game. It was a big game. The two of the best teams in the AFC. It's like, hey, y'all got to stop thinking these people are fucking robots or superheroes. They're people. These regular fucking human beings. Like, they're just regular people. They happen, they happen to be... Really, really good at football. That's it. Other than that, they are human beings, G. And you think that these dudes who just watched their fucking brother die on the field? Because at that point, nobody knew he was going to be going home in a week. Nobody knew he was ever going nowhere else except the hospital and the morgue. Like, and they watched him down the field. Y'all like, they should finish playing football? You fucking drunk. They spend 14, 15 hours a day with this dude. And they just watched his ass collapsing down the field. Y'all talking about play. Um... But the really, really good news that he continued to develop, man. Uh, Shouts out to him. And the wildest thing happened in the Buffalo Bills game, too. They played their first game since then, yesterday, well, on Sunday. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, it's a whole big thing. It's in Buffalo. They got all the love for DeMar signs, all his number three jerseys everywhere. The players come out with these huge number three flags and shit. And it's this big emotional moment. They honored the training staff who was out there saving his life and all that. And then the Buffalo Bills get the ball first. They kick it off. Buddy take the opening kickoff 100 yards to the crib, Joe. Wild as hell. Like, everybody crying and shit. Then they found out uh, DeMar, obviously number three, they found out the last time that they had took a kick to the crib was exactly three years and three months ago. It was just some wild shit. 
And the quarterback, uh, Josh Allen, like, man, I can only describe it as a, just a, a spiritual experience to see that when when dude took the opening kick to the crib while everybody was, you know, feeling that way. So it was super, super cool, man. Super happy for DeMar Hamlin and his family. So you know I'm finna shit on all this, right? Please don't. I am. Oh. I can't help it. Okay. I got to. Okay. It's my nature. You about to talk about the business of football? I'm going to talk about all of it is, is just theatrics in a lot of ways, right? Not, not, the, not the hit, not the falling down. I don't want to say that's theatrics. Sure. But I think a lot of times we have selective outrage. I think capitalism is king, right? And, okay. and I think the industry of football was like, yeah, fuck dude. The game must go on. You know, you think about the, the repercussions of losing that game. They're having conversations now about possibly having to push the Super Bowl back. That fucks up industry. And capitalism don't respond to death. I not being heartless or less empathetic. I'm just saying how the game goes. True. You know, and um as fucked up as it was, you know, even the Skip Bayless and Shannon Sharp conversation around it, it's like we have selective outrage. We have cert- like think about this. Motherfuckers die in factories every day, bro. True. The assembly line don't stop. True. You know what I mean? And you know we could we celebrate the skill of the football player or the the ceremony of the football player or the ceremony of the athlete because of the kind of you know valor and image around the athlete. Sure, you know what I mean. But this is just how capitalism works. And I don't want to sound heartless, but even in the Shannon Sharpshoot when he's talking about his brother, you know, getting paralyzed on the field, mm-hmm. you know, these are common conversations. And I and I went down a rabbit hole, G, because there was like speckles of other conversations popping up because of what happened to DeMar. Mm-hmm. And there's an uptick in athletes passing out, not just football, just in general. Mm-hmm. Like, I think the numbers were, like, say last year, I want to say, maybe, yeah, last year, we didn't really had COVID last year, so people was active last year. True. Right? So I think the numbers maybe last year was, like, something like 50 total. Mm-hmm. Right? This year, something like above 700. Right. And again, you know how the uh, hypotheticals is, you know, COVID and the response to COVID and the right. effects it's having on the human body and right. all that shit. Like even in the DeMar conversation, of course, and this is, you know, you got to take certain shit with a grain of salt. Right. I saw one report like the odds of this happening was like one in 100,000 and the hit. He Probably took, greater than that. Yeah. The hit he took here, it only happened because you know how they do the scientific explanation for every fucking thing. The then they the gave, type yeah, then they gave it, you know, uh, they compared it to, like, let's say, a hockey game and the right. puck would have to hit you at this speed and right. this party, you know, all that type of shit. More prevalent in baseball and hockey because they have those flying projectiles. Right, but mm-hmm. then you go down the rabbit hole and you see seven, 800 people then this year mm-hmm. then had this symptom mm-hmm. happen to them, which is abnormal, right? But, again, to keep the theatrics going, you'll never hear that conversation. Right, like how many soccer games are we watching to right. see a soccer athlete pass out on the field? Yeah. You know what I mean? And if you're not there in front of the game, you don't know. There ain't nobody covering that like that. No, you no. know what I mean? So everybody's there for football. Well, a large portion is there for football and to see it in real time. You know what I mean? It's like, oh, the world stopped. But this is obviously it's not an abnormal thing these days. Listen, every, all those athletes were required to get vaccinated, you mm-hmm. know what I mean, or not play or whatever, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. And nobody knows the, the effects of that yet. The, the the effects of that won't be known for years and years and generations to come, for real, for real. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, I, I wouldn't dismiss that offhand. Um, but it's it's 
it's a, it's just a crazy, crazy thing in the business of the, the business of sport is always going to be paramount. And so we can talk about you know the 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 human aspect of it and all of that. And I think that in this time we certainly should keep that first. But a lot of people are like, hey man, where the game at, bro? That's you know what I'm saying? Like, and and people got I bought tickets for the game and all like you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, we've seen young are they, boys. Are they refunding all the people tickets that that came to that game or you know what I'm saying or not? And who like who's gonna foot that bill? So, it's, I, I was gonna say we've seen young boys paralyzed gately. No doubt. The game goes on. No doubt. And, and ain't nobody getting paid for that. You know what I mean? But the game goes on. You know what I mean? It is what it is. It's a sad sight to see in my eyes, but it just speaks to where we are as a in as humanity, as a human populace. You know what I mean? Yeah, I it was just something about that that injury, um, that episode that just that was different. You know what I'm saying? Just the just the fact that it it being a, a cardiac event to where he was, you know, out and they doing CPR on the field and all that. Like, that was just different. You play football, you sign up for some of this shit. You expect somebody to tear their ACL, rupture their Achilles, break their fucking neck. You know what I'm saying? Get a concussion. You expect these things. Uh, hard as they may be to deal with, you know it's part of it. A dude having a cardiac episode on the field from a relatively routine hit and then having the ambulance on the field doing CPR just a different thing to see and to watch these huge almost superhuman like dudes reduced to tears in their emotions it was just like man that was, it was tough to both teams though you no know doubt. no had doubt had not they had the emotional response they had that game would have continued yeah i mean it was it was about them right, right and yeah. so and the salute players to, made that decision. salute to those and those coaches. those two head coaches that came together mm -hmm. And the Cincinnati coaches, like, he was deferred to the Buffalo coach, like, hey, man, whatever you want to do, bro. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, you talk to your kids, whatever whatever you want to do. And I know these men, but we're talking men that's 21, 22, 23, 24 years old. Average age in football, something like 24, 25. You know what I'm saying? Um, you talk you talk, you talk, talk to your guys and, and see see what's up. And they all over there crying. Like, they just watched their brother die. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's fucking crazy. You know what I'm saying? Like, like no, fam. Like, yeah, salute to salute to Demar for being all right, man. Yeah, uh, major, major. And the NFL for finding a way that they said they're gonna justify his payout. Yeah, and they don't have to do that. Yeah, you know what I mean. So I, salute to I, that. They need to. I'll be interested to see if if he one if he has a desire to play football more, and two if he's capable of doing so. Uh, but yeah, definitely, definitely, super, super. Uh, shout out to Demar Hamlin, his whole family. I'm very, very glad that the best possible outcome was what came to be because that was a very, very scary thing. I watched um, a reporter named uh, Hub Arkish, a reporter who's worked out respected for a long time, uh, have a cardiac episode right outside Hallis Hall this summer. Walking to his car, passed talking out, about that. and it shook me the fuck up. And watching them do CPR on him and try to save his life and shock his heart and all that shit was wild as fuck. And, uh, yeah, so, you know, super, super happy for DeMar Hamlin. Hope hope he continues to, to recover. Yeah, salute, man. Salute. A lot of things we need to get into um, today. Um, movie Claudine is one thing we want to talk about. We want to talk about this idea of accountability, right? We want to talk about this theme of accountability for 2023. And I'm always on the side of, man, all this shit is systemic, and these outcomes are created by design, and they're doing exactly what they're supposed to do. Um, but I also acknowledge that there's another excuse me, there's another side of it about accountability, and we need to be accountable to ourselves, accountable to each other, accountable to our families, accountable to our communities, 
um, for some of these outcomes if we want to change them. And um, came across a clip from the movie Claudine where the scene starts and family's just sitting in the crib. Mm -hmm. Mother, the children, and the father mm -hmm. sitting in the crib doing regular crib shit. And there's a knock at the door and the kids go, Mom, the social worker is here. And immediately there's this mad dash to erase all aspects of the father's presence. Get his clothes out of here, get him out of here, take his pisses off the wall, hide him in the closet. Because you can't be here because we receiving uh, aid. Hey, mm -hmm. you know what I'm saying? And so a uh, social worker walks in. White lady, this is obviously a black family. White lady walks in. She's like, oh, how's the things going? He's like, oh, you know, it's been tough. Trying to make ends meet and this, that, and the third. And, you know, this, the, 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 the check or whatever didn't come through and yada, 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 yada. And then the social worker ends up seeing the father in the crib somehow. And then, obviously, now they, they, they no longer qualify, which was crazy. It's the implications going forward about that, right? And how in that scene, once like get him out of here, which is in the scene, it's like, okay, cool, they're just trying to do whatever they can to, to, to maintain whatever resources they need. But then you extrapolate that out over our entire population, and you talk about really having fathers removed from the home to secure this government aid, and it's like, what's the long-term effect of that? And where do we, how do we hold ourselves accountable? How do we take responsibility for making that transaction? Capitalism is king, mm. right? Like, so in that conversation of accountability, right, that's why I always had a conversation of identity. What do we value mm -hmm. as a collective, mm -hmm. right? Oftentimes when I have conversations, man, I don't, it's, it's like we have a crisis of creativity. Like, I don't care what room I go into. If I ask a, a room full of black people where our values are, somehow they'll harken back to capital. That is the end all be all. They're harking back to the tool. The tool is not the goal. So even in the movie Claudine, and I ain't never seen the movie, I just saw the clip, right? And the clip was really, a, a in a lot of ways, a reactment of real life at that time. No doubt. Right? And we'll justify the conversation of hiding the imagery of the man. Right. To get said resource. Sure. Right? And we'll validate the woman for doing so to keep the family intact, mm -hmm. right? And we'll 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 give a, the man a pass for playing the role, right? Right? But that makes us only accountable to the capital mm. and not accountable to the family. Uh, and I, I think that matters, man. And I think you can look at it and you can say, okay, it's one thing for them as a family to try and do whatever they need to do to get over on the man, okay? We're gonna get this check from the government and we if we gotta have this or have that, cool, right? But in reality, we know that a lot of that actually turned into the reality of that father just really not being in the crib. And I think that at some point, 
you got to decide as a family, as a man, as a woman, what the fuck is more important. And I think back to like a like a James Evans. James Evans wouldn't have never fucking heard about no motherfucking government check. He'd be like, you get the fuck on up out of here with your check. This is my credit. These are my kids. I'm going to always be here. You know what I'm saying? But in the clip, Buddy had it in the closet. But and think how that justified. Think how that informs our behavior sets, though. Right. What does that tell the kids? What does that tell everybody involved? Yeah. Right? That tells the man he's not valuable. Mm. That tells the woman he's not valuable as well. Mm-hmm. Right? So in that instance, what becomes valuable or what becomes daddy is government. No doubt. Government is daddy now. Right? So if daddy, if gut, and think about the, the construct itself, right? The American government, our induction to this country was as slaves. Via government. No doubt. Right? So they've never been for you. And you're giving them the respect of daddy. It's oxymoronic. You cannot win unless you let go of said value system. Right? Yeah. So when I say I go into any room with black people, not if we have a conversation around values and it ultimately gets back to capital, even when we had a relationship conversation, I say all the time the social norms dictate our belief systems mm-hmm. and our value sets. Mm-hmm. But that's because we are consumers of American culture. Mm-hmm. Right? Mm. Which is why we can't build or grow. It's bananas how we can get so far into this system to where we go from a place where at first they were selling us off, right? So at first they they're coming, pick your daddy, pick your husband. We selling this nigga to the next plantation, next plantation for the highest bidder. Now you selling them off. You know what I'm saying? We go from a place where it's like, damn, they come sell our motherfucking daddy to now. We'll sell them. But you said earlier, like you always align with this this design, the systemic, and you know, where does accountability lie? But that is part of the design. No doubt. You know what I mean? What they say, you tie a horse up after so long, you don't got to tie him up no more. He ain't moving. Stay right there. He going to stay right there. We are responding to the the same kind of uh, programming, Mm -hmm. right? We've been programming to where if I go in that room and I have a conversation of values, again, that crisis of creativity won't even allow us to see beyond capital. Yeah. Can't nothing else be valuable? Yeah. Right? When you have the conversation of what do you bring to the table, if you can't speak to something material, you have no value. Right? But what if I bring to the table intellect? What if I bring to the table empathy? What if I bring to the table love? No. Like we have monikers in our community where they say love didn't pay the bills. Right? Love don't pay the bills. What's love got to do? What's with love it? got to do with it? These are monikers in our community. When really love is the pinnacle of this existence. Mm-hmm. Right? We live in a, essentially a Christian company, and the basis of the concept of God is Jesus is love. God is love. Right. But then you deny all of that mm-hmm. as not valuable. Oh, you trade all that It's in. oxymoronic. For the bread. You know what I mean? But it's true. But it is, right? But think mm-hmm. about what it breeds, right? So in the movie Claudine, she's hiding the husband. Two, three generations later, think about what our youth are doing to obtain capital or or, or feel valuable, mm-hmm. right? So I was I was telling you a story before the cameras came on, man. And it's, it's funny, but not funny. Right. Right. But I snitched on some niggas this week. Okay. And I, I, you know, I don't even fuck with police. Right. I don't know if I'm a snitch. I'm an old nigga at this point. I ain't in the game. You can't call me a snitch. Right. Right. But I'm in the crib, and I'm on the third floor. And I'm smoking out the window because my old lady, I'm scared of her, and I can't smoke it out. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, nobody looks up ever. No. Ever. So as I'm smoking out the window, 
it's like watching a goddamn sitcom. Because life is just going. Mm -hmm. Right? And as I'm out there, Shorty hits the block running hard as hell. He running so hard that just because I know where I'm at and where I'm from, he done done some shit. Right? Right? And he hits the corner. And as he's hitting the corner, it's another shorty coming out the corner. And it looks like they exchange words real quick. And the other shorty keep going. Mm -hmm. I'm just smoking. Not thinking nothing of it because I know where I'm at. This shit right. happens. Whatever they did, right. it happened. Right. Right? Next thing I know, within seconds, the police swarm the neighborhood. And when I say swarm, I mean fucking swarm. It was so many police cars, I couldn't believe it. Mm. Right? You know, I got a little bitty block. It's not an average city block. It's like half of a city block. It's a block. half block in length and width. Right. Little bitty ass block. So it's police cars from corner to corner. Mm -hmm. Then, east and west, they're going back and forth too. They mm -hmm. every fucking way. Mm -hmm. Right? So they jump out, and they got the flashlights going, and they start to look toward my gate that goes back to our garages. Right. And I was like, ain't nobody over there. Right? So they was like, uh, where he go? And my first question was, what'd he do? Because I'm deciding whether or not I'm going to tell. Right. <laughs> right. right. I, mean? I ain't just going to volunteer this information. I get hit. The crime got to be justifiable by me. What type of criminal are we talking right. about? Right. What, what the fuck he do? If it's some shit I don't believe in, fuck y'all. Right. Figure it out. You know what I mean? He stole from Hobby and them. Yeah, fuck dude. You know what I mean? I don't know where he went. Right. You know what I mean? <laughs> but they was like, man, we, they just carjacked somebody and bailed out the car. Right? So I was like, oh. From this point, I stopped talking. Now I'm doing this. <laughs> <laughs> now you a motherfucking crossing guard. Hey, and I'm crossing guard on this bitch. <laughs> <laughs> hey, man. So so I see all this shit. It's so much action happening, right? So much activity. I throw my coat on. And you know I'm neighborhood watching shit. So I go downstairs right. now. Right. Right. Now check this shit out. The shorty who, when I seen him hitting the corner, the one who briefly had some words with him. He outside the crib. He's like, man, you see what happened? Motherfucker, did you see what happened? Because I'm not the snitch. <laughs> I know how this goes. <laughs> so uh, he's steady asking me questions. I'm steady like, man, get the fuck away from right, me. Right. You know what I mean? So I walk down to, this is funny too. I walk down to where the, they bailed out the car because the car still there, crashed yeah. up and everything. Uh, they done hit some car so hard that this shit then went all the way up on the sidewalk against oh, the buildings. Damn. That's the first, that must have been the major impact, the first sure, car impact or the last yeah, car yeah. impact or whatever. Mm -hmm. But then it hit five cars. Parts, of course. Right? <laughs> so white couple outside, which is a rarity. So I'm like, what the fuck is y'all doing out here? Mm -hmm. Right? So I'm I'm walking. Shorty walking with me like he know me and shit. Right? So I'm like, all right, this is fuck shit. You know what I mean? So I see the white couple. I say white couple. This your I say white couple. I say white couple. This one of y'all cars? And they was like, yeah. And I was like, man, I'm sorry to hear that. Oh, it happens. No, the fuck it don't happen. White couple don't justify this nigga shit. This does not happen. This don't happen. Oh, it happens. No, motherfucker. Miss me with that white shit. They this, told us when we got in on the ground floor right, that we you, have to put up with a little you, bit more crime we, for another couple you years. We know you Negroes are savages. Right. <laughs> That's what it said to me. No, motherfucker, this don't happen. The right? cost of getting in on the ground floor of gentrification. So look, though. No, I walk back. I'm walking back to the crib. Shorty's still walking with me. Stop walking with me, fam. I'm, I'm not the one. Right, you keeping him safe at this point. Yeah, so I'm at, at some level I'm looking at it like that too. He look like he my son or some shit. So maybe he don't, you know, he's keeping the police above his ass. But also, I don't feel comfortable with to you either, bro, because you asking me too many goddamn questions. I know how the hood work, right? So I don't go back to the crib. I go close to the crib and I post. 
He posts with me. <laughs> I'm like, my nigga, get away from Sorry, me, Sorry, where is you going? Where is you, you going, dog? Right, so the police still doing their thing. Now, mind you, it might be 100, 150 police running through this neighborhood. It's crazy. It looked crazy, right? So <clears throat> next thing you know, they emerged, and they didn't caught all these cats. It's three of them. I ain't see three of them. I don't see one of them. They didn't caught all of them, right? They put one dude in the in the in the in the, in the squad car, or whatever. And he was like, "Shorty," and I don't know who the fuck he talked to, right? He was like, "Shorty, on Sherm, you know what to do." So you know, I know what on Sherm mean. That's some dead person, but you know what to do kind of confuses me a little bit. Like I don't know what the fuck you talking about right now. You know what I'm saying? And I don't feel comfortable with that kind of language right now. What is he to do in this moment? The <laughs> language is not sitting well with me. You understand me? <laughs> What the fuck that mean, dog? <laughs> oh no, dog! You making me uncomfortable. Oh shit! Go that way. Go that way, right? So I'm standing out there. I still chill a bit because I don't. I don't want Shorty seeing me go nowhere. Right. Next thing I know, he just kind of vanishes like into the thin air. I don't even see the motherfucker leave or nothing. Homer Simpson into the yeah, bushes. Yeah, he just he ducked into the bushes on my ass. He was gone. Right. So I'm still out there. You know, our brother Q got all the police mm-hmm. scanners and all that shit going. So he heard my block mention, so he pull up on the block, mm-hmm. making sure I'm good. <laughs> we out there talking for a minute. Now most of the police are gone, but like three cars are left. And they walking around the neighborhood, and they find guns. Guns, guns. Guns, guns. <laughs> yeah. These shorties, when they bailed, they threw their guns. And he shows me the guns. Brother, all three of these motherfuckers is this big. They got AR-15s, AK-47. I, I couldn't believe the weaponry, dog. I could not fucking believe it, right? And it put something else on my spirit too, right? Like I'm, 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 I'm in it, but not of it anymore. Yeah, right, right. You know what I mean? Like there's a thin line, of a veil it, of, se- it. of it, but not in it. But mm-hmm. me being able to jump in my car and go in my garage puts a level of distance between us. Right. Even though I'm in the midst of this energy. Right. But seeing that shit up close, I was like. Oh, I ain't prepared. Yeah. This ain't what I thought it was. Yeah. But then I've had this other thought. Right? And I'm a, and I'm and I, you know, I try to live in the warrior spirit. So like I said, when the first thing they said was like, what where he go? My first question was, what'd he do? Mm-hmm. Right? <clears throat> now, they carjacked somebody for one of the newer, cooler cars. Mm-hmm. Right? Just I'm, to smack it up a few blocks later. I'm a I'm a I'm a be a betting That's man. Crazy, Joe. That it was some middle-aged black woman in that car. Mm-hmm. You put this big-ass gun in her face and scared her half to death. Right. But when the mother warriors come to catch your ass with their guns, as soon as they get on you, you throw your guns because you don't really want no smoke. Mm, that's a good point. You a villain. You a villain or you a demon to a motherfucker who ain't about that. But to the people who about that, you's a pure D coward. Mm-hmm. Right? Good point. Pure D coward. But also, what is the, just like you said, we didn't took this from somebody just to crash this shit up a few blocks later. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, what's the value set that make you move like that? What's the value set that makes you comfortable putting this kind of weaponry in somebody's fucking face? What would they have to do to you to offend you in that way? But it ain't even about being offended. It's about what happened with Claudine. The value system is based and predicated in, 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 in capital. Anything. If Claudine got to get rid of Joe to have this apartment, Joe got to go, right? If I got to move Miss Sharon out this car to have this car, then Miss Sharon got to go. 
that's fuck shit. But it is, like you said, it's systemic. It is. You know what I mean? It's 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 us replicating the hate that was ingrained in us. And and at some point you gotta understand, you gotta recognize your sickness. You know what I'm saying? And 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 do something about it. At some point you gotta recognize your sickness and do something about it. And so if something is sitting in your window like that's something. If something is going downstairs to see what's happening, if something is, you know, what Q does with Watch Guard, like something. At some point, we got to be like, all right, this is the circumstance. It's super fucked up. We didn't create it. But this is where we at. What we going to do about it? That's the accountability. That's the accountability piece. You know what I'm saying? Like, like what we, what we going to do about this? Because we got a fucking problem here. We got a fucking problem here when shorties is walking around with three ARs and AKs. This is crazy. It's like, it's like to, and you like, damn, I ain't know, you know what I'm saying? It's all on my, it'll be like to walk outside and see a motherfucking white tiger. Real shit. Like, damn, I ain't know it's white tigers around Who here, Who knew Joe. we like, had white tigers? I, I knew it, it might have been a couple ratchets, or some rabbit squirrels or some shit. Like, it's white tigers over here? Yeah. Call somebody, Joe. It's different. Yeah, it was different, bro. It, it put something different on my mind, right? And, and, and since that day, I've been on on on, on edge. Yeah. So all night I'm walking through the house because you know I'm armed up too. I ain't armed up like that, but that's what I'm saying. Now I'm now I'm sleeping with this shit next to me. Just and ain't nothing happening to me. I wasn't victimized in any way, right? But just knowing this shit exists. But you are my though. Door, that, that, that's that's being victimized though. You're right. You're that's trauma, right. G. You absolutely. You know what I mean? Right. To to be like that's right outside my crib, like. My shorties walking in and out this door all the time, that's real. and there's three other shorties running through here with AKs. That's real. Like that's that's, that's insanity, being victimized. You, nobody should have to live in that. You right. You know what I'm saying? And and at some point we got to stand up and be like, hey, shorty, I love you, but this shit can't continue. G. We got to do something else, Joe. Mm-hmm. We got to do something else about this. And it's, it goes back to the value thing. I was having that same conversation about the Claudine thing with some young, well, with some young women the other day, 25, 30, whatever, um, about. You know, values and 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 partners and oh, I'd rather be, it was that conversation. You know, I'd rather be I'd rather be crying in the Benz than 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 happy in a Honda. It's like then you're fucking dumb. You know what I'm saying? You're fucking dumb, and they don't they don't get it. It's like, all right. And I was actually talking about you when you came up when I was having that conversation. Not that conversation. I was having this while I was watching the Tank Davis fight, mm-hmm. and I was like. Who really think he can beat Buddy Ass? Did you <laughs> see the thing fight? Yeah, I'm I secure that I whoop his ass down. I'm just saying, we got to get to it. No, we do, because I'm tired of you with this shit. And I got half a hip. I whoop Tank's ass. Shorty will beat the fuck out you. I'm not going to go any further. First of all, he pulled, I, And I love Tank. Salute to Tank. I like Tank, too. And he pulled, he pulled up in the tank. You know, it's like the second, third fight. He didn't came up to, came to the fight in an actual fucking tank. And his little ass got to jump out that motherfucker. He... <laughs> <laughs> Sidebar. Did you see Meek Mill finna get into a fight? In, 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 in. I saw Steven Jackson. That wasn't Steve Jackson. It was Meek Mill. No, it was Steven Jackson. It was Meek Mill. Well, maybe Meek Steven Mill was getting was, into a fight with Steven Jackson. He was impeding. He was trying to break it up. It was Meek Mill. Okay. That's crazy to me. But more funny, though, that in the ring, while this Meek, shit was happening. I saw Meek, Steven Jackson. In the ring, while this shit was happening, the two fighters stopped yeah, to watch the shit they outside did. the ring. Yeah, they stopped like, hey, what the fuck is going on? I outside? said, boy, this is a different shit, boy. Hey, we man. lived in the Twilight Zone. Anytime, anywhere. That's where we at. But thank you, beat your ass. Nah, um, rest in peace to Gangsta Boo. Um, I don't know, depending on how old you are, whatever you came up in, but Gangsta Boo, a uh, female rapper from down south, from New Orleans, 
right? New Orleans, right? Uh, no, Memphis, Memphis, Memphis. I'm tweaking. I'm tweaking. I heard of, her, but I don't know. Who Memphis, she yeah, is. she was. She, yeah, Memphis. I'm tweaking. She was like three six and them shit. Um, uh, passed away from an apparent drug overdose. Apparently, she had been battling um, substance abuse for quite some time. A uh, uh, clip of a show that she was on uh, kind of has resurfaced in the passing of her, in her death from some reality show she was on, some hip-hop, whatever reality show she was on, and the producers or whatever had pulled her aside, and this is all on camera, and they like, yo, we found some motherfucking cocaine upstairs by your shit. What's going on? She's like, who cocaine? What cocaine? <laughs> like, it's a powdery substance by your jacket. Can She's I like, leave the cocaine? When you say powdery substance, you mean like, like baby powder, like Johnson and Johnson. Like, no, we mean boogie sugar, baby. We mean that's white like girl. That's shorty. like when you catch a shorty in the lie, right? They be so like wild with the response <laughs> and shit. You be like, like what? <laughs> Stop it, dog. I didn't know, okay. know, know you had that kind of imagination, shorty. <laughs> <laughs> like, <laughs> I, I'm not laughing at Gangsta Boo, man. Rest in peace. Nah, for sure. Rest in peace, to Gangsta Boo, man. And it, it's it's again, though, it's the substance abuse. It's, again, it's this accountability. Again, it's dealing with. You know addiction and and everything that just goes along with it, and I think it talk about the money and shit. We all justify the dope game because of the bread, and we all say this shit. Oh man, the dope dealers—they was cool. They throw the barbecues and they buy the uniforms for the shorties on the block and all this kind of shit. And all that's true. And I don't—I I stand by a lot of that shit. But there's another side to that shit. Y'all still selling dope all through this motherfucker. True. You know what I'm saying? And then I think we got to change the language too, though, right? Even when I said we have a crisis of creativity, it ain't even the capital that's God. It's your desire to be and feel love that's still God. Mm. The tool, the you're tool. just using the tool to buy your value. Yeah. Right? Because when I have this car and I pull up to the club, I feel the love. It's, 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 right? it's, it's Rich, it's rich it's Porter. Rich talk, Porter. Talk, you know I said? need the love, Joe. Yeah. I want, I want to quit, but if I quit, but they still well, love they me. They still love me. They didn't love you before. They don't love you now. You know what I'm saying? They don't love you now, Joe. And that's what we all seek. And so all that shit becomes an escapism of our reality because we don't feel like whole human beings. And it, and it's it's all directly tied to our value set. It is. What do we deem valuable? Who do we deem to be worthy of love? You know what I'm saying? And if that has to be attached to some financial market like like that's crazy but see america stops america can't work once you start loving yourself true america survives they can't control you selling you yeah right and the only time you're gonna keep buying is when you are trying to fill uh uh internal hole with an external solution true right that's why they tell you the jordans make you jump higher and mm-hmm. you're gonna believe it you know what i mean mm-hmm. the gym make you jump higher b but you got to love yourself to work that hard mm-hmm. You understand what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. You can't buy hops, bro. Mm-hmm. They ain't never been for sale. But people think you can. You can therefore, they think you can buy love, too. It's, or at least replace love. You know what I'm saying? Man, if I can't buy it, I can replace it. Yeah. Like I said, it's a crisis in creativity, man. But, you know, again, we leverage the bread for the top of the conversation. But even with the bread, all you're doing is seeking validation, seeking to be valued, seeking to feel love. And that's free, bro. That's free. It should be. It is. It, it sh- is. It should be. And anything less than that ain't love. I agree. I agree with you. But I but just dealing with the reality of our circumstance to preach that to a bunch of people who truly believe that I'd rather be sad in a Bentley than than happy in a Honda 
is beating your head against a brick fucking wall. I'm sitting there trying to have this conversation with these women like, are y'all fucking serious? Yeah. A nigga could be acting up. He could be fucking other women. And, you know, we could be getting into it. But he bought me the shorty. You sound dumb as shit right now. But, uh, again, right. But the nigga who love you, because I told him all the shit shit you just said. What if he's smart? What if he love you? What if he funny? What if he caring? What if he spiritual? What if he all this shit? Mm. You can keep all that shit. Okay? He could be very fucking dumb and not funny and not caring and don't even know what the spirit is. As long you as old hand got, you know, got look got at that. Because who the hell were you talking to? Fire. <laughs> like some women. Because who were you talking some to? Some women. And, 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 and the conversation wouldn't be no different with if you had the conversation with them. Or with any of these fucking women, Joe. Like the vast majority. I'm talking vast majority. I'm talking at least seven, eight out of ten. You disagree? Disagree what part? That seven, eight out of ten women would be like, mm, I don't really care what type of nigga he is. I'd rather, I'd rather have a paid fuck nigga than a broke I disagree. good nigga. I disagree. Really? Yeah. Okay. But I, it's not all on the sisters either, though. I'm going to put broke good nigga on my, on my profile. It's not all on, it's, <laughs> it's not all on the sisters because we all are victim to the idea, though. Mm-hmm. Right? So being honest, we serve the same masters. No doubt about it. Right? So we've created a paradigm where everybody's fucking confused and you have an entire experience never knowing love, right? But that's why we have the dysfunction we have in our communities because instead of using that womb to nurture, you only use that womb to uh, uh, exploit, yep. right? Instead of, instead of using your masculinity to, 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 to elevate, you're only using it to exploit as well. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And you just breed more exploitation, right? And we're at the bottom of every economic totem pole. So that exploitation is visible because you can't hide it. I think the white community acts the exact same way. It's just marred with enough shit to hide it. Mm-hmm. That's it. There's a little more comfort there, mm-hmm. right? What you got to do to make $100,000 ain't what the high school do, high school graduate from Iowa got to do to make $100,000. Right. Right, so I can mask me being a motherfucking methamphetamine head. You right? I can mask me treating my old lady like shit. My old lady can mask being her ass beat at the crib, right? Because I'm masking it with things. No doubt. Right, and the things become the value set because the culture is selling you on this is what the value is, yeah. right? But it don't take. Well, I ain't gonna say it don't take much. It takes exposure, though, and an openness and a willingness to see and feel something different, right? You don't submit to nothing but capital. You don't submit to nothing but your desires, right? We all operating outside of our proper polarities, right? The man submits to God, and when I say God, I don't mean your religious God. I mean the understanding of a larger idea, right? right? right. And that woman becomes valuable in submitting to you by seeing the larger idea through you, not capital. And if it's through capital, it's plastic. Mm. It's plastic, which is why divorce is what divorce is, which is why families are as unhealthy as they are. Right? We're two generations away from slavery. You'd be hard-pressed to tell me the feeling you got walking in your grandmama's house is a feeling you come across in most houses you walk in a day. Right. Just the feeling. Feel different. It feels different because love lives there. Mm -hmm. You can feel when love don't live there. Mm Mm-hmm. But you know what? You know what love also feels like that we run from accountability. 
I don't disagree. Because you can feel the love, but you can also feel, don't put your motherfucking feet on this table. Yeah. Take your motherfucking head off. You got to stand Watch up. your motherfucking mouth. Yeah. Like, you know what I mean? Like, you can feel that too. And that accountability piece come with the love. And then if if I if I if I gotta be held accountable, then I I might trade in the love. Whatever. You know what I'm saying? And I, I don't know why we can't make the connection between these events that happen in our community. Because it's not marketing. It all seems it's not promoted. It's not an idea of value, right? Mm-hmm. It's just not. You understand? Mm-hmm. The, the 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 glossiest image of the largest image in our community right now, we just talked about. DeMar Hamlin, no disrespect yeah. to the homie, yeah. right? But everybody in our community can name a football player, a basketball player, a rapper. Yeah. Uh, they don't know anybody else outside of those paradigms. Sure. And the only reason you really know them ain't necessarily surround. Like, you're a football fan for real. Mm-hmm. The vast majority of people aren't. No. Right? They're a fan of celebrity. Sure. That's why they fan the fuck out every time they see somebody. Sure. You know what I mean? Sure. And that celebrity is reinforced by what? The crisis in creativity. It's the wealth shit that you see that makes these people valuable. But it's that fucking cycle that keeps the shit bad. Like it's that it's that cycle that makes people not be able to attach to the human component of what happened to Demar Hamlin. Because to them, he's just a superstar. He's just a star. He's a he's just famous dude. He's a fucking robot. You know what I'm saying? And I I experience this all the time working the Bears beat. And I and I, I try to impart this on other fucking reporters like. Yeah, they don't talk to y'all like they talk to me because y'all don't talk to them like I talk to them. Y'all talk to them like they fucking stars. Like, that's how you talk to them. Bruh, I have nothing but respect for the fact that you are a phenomenal football player. Nothing but respect for it. I love the game. I played it at some point. Never at your level. I admire how fucking good you are at this game. When you are not on the fucking football field, sir, person, human fucking being, I don't care if your name is Justin Fields or Tom Brady, I, I, whatever, bro. You know what I'm saying? I'm not approaching you with that kind of energy. And so you're not going to give me that kind of energy back because I'm not treating you like you something different. So you don't treat me like I'm something different. They treat y'all like that because y'all treat them like that. You can't fucking humanize DeMar Hamlin because you don't view him that way when you see his ass every fucking day. He's just number three for the Buffalo Bills. You know what I'm saying? And and it's, But you got to understand how everybody is complicit in this shit. Because y'all appreciate this fucking celebrity shit. Y'all get excited about motherfuckers that treat y'all like that, too. You know what I'm saying? Even though you don't necessarily like it on some, on some everyday shit, but you absolutely relish in the limelight and the fame and the celebrity and all the trinkets that come with it. And you can't have it both ways. You can't be like, hey, I'm a human. And be like, hey, I'm skipping past everybody in this motherfucking line. Or, hey, shorty, come bust it open because I'm number three from the bills. Like you, It, it ain't both ways. Either you like the shit that come with it, or you don't. Either you want motherfuckers to treat you regular, or you don't. And all of this shit is connected. And so, whether it's fucking passing out on Monday Night Football, or Shorty's running down 51st Street with AKs, we got to understand the connectivity in these things, and, and where we need to be held accountable. Train shooting happened. I didn't know much about this until I saw you talking about it. Yeah, man. Chicago been wild for this last week. Chicago been wild for the last 45 years. You know what I mean? But Chicago is also the stereotype for black life and black values. Right? And even in listening to the diatribe you just presented, what we don't give credence to is environment. Again, the social environment. Right, I say all the time that the baby boomers was the only generation of in mass of black people was to ever to make money. 
So when I had the conversation about white people can mask that lack of love, that pain, and that hurt under the guise of the capital that they've obtained, we're coming out of a generation of black folks that had a little bit of wealth, which gave us a little bit of room to mask. I'm the first generation of Americans, not black Americans, but of Americans who made less than their parents. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So you add that on to just regular black poverty, right? Shiz look, starts looking bleak with my generation. We get three, four generations in. If it started looking bleak with my generation, what the fuck is it producing today? Right? So what we don't, re- and again, back to that crisis of creativity, <clears throat> when everybody's seeking an outside validation at, at three, four generations down, you will start to do anything to feel alive. Right? There's an African proverb that says, uh, a child will burn the village down to feel its warmth. You know what I mean? And when these children aren't being embraced by the village because we don't even have a village, we're watching in real time the village burning. And we keep asking, well, what's wrong with the children? What's wrong with the village? What's wrong with the village? Mm -hmm. Until we get the village, this is the child that we're going to produce every time. Right? So it was a shooting, and I think it happened on on 21st Street, if I remember correctly. And it was a... Uh, a man and his old lady on a plane on some, I mean on a plane, on the train, play fighting. Play fight turned into some little more aggressive than it should have been. 19-year-old boy gets in between it, shuts that shit down. Probably stole the dude who shoot, shot him. Mm-hmm. But in stealing him, he also helped him off the ground like, man, let's not treat our women like that. My man blows his brains out as he's getting off the train. That's the wild shit, right? The incidents don't even be, again, I grew up the in a The value time. is so low. It's bro. so minimal, mm-hmm. right? It's so minimal. I kill you about any fucking thing. Guys. Anything. Because fuck you. Because I can't. Because fuck me. Because fuck me. Because fuck me. That's really what it breaks down yeah. to. Yeah. I don't feel valuable, so why? how could you possibly have any value? You don't. You don't. None at all. You don't. And this is not acceptable. This cannot be acceptable by the village, right? You got... Again, the, 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 the journey of this life is only creating something better for the generation that's coming behind you. That's what the true journey of this shit is about, right? And just like you said, you're a victim too, too, because now you gotta, your kids got to go outside, and you're right. Yeah. That whole last couple of days, no, nah, man, y'all don't go out there. Yeah. Y'all got to make a move. Y'all holler at me. I'll take you. Right. You know what I mean? Now you in prison by in your own, own goddamn home, and, it, and it's getting worse and worse and worse. Young woman on the west side today got shot in the head by a boyfriend early this morning. Middle, middle of the block. We hurting out here and we seeing the village children burning this motherfucker down looking for warmth. Child not embraced by the village will burn it down to feel its warmth, man. Yeah, man. It's, it's, it's getting wild out here, man. It's spooky out here, bro. And it's, it's, it's getting sad. And like you said, where's the accountability? And not to say that the, 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 the youth that are engaged in these behavior behaviors are... Uh, adjacent to accountability, but it's the adults that must take uh, uh, the reins of creating a paradigm where they understand that they have to be responsible to accountability. Right? Nobody we perpetuate the same messages. Nobody wants to. Right? Fuck them, get some money is a top tier song, and it's 40 year old women listening to the AMN. Mm-hmm. Right? Uh, and then that's just the Cardi shit. We can go down the line for the man shit, right? We got Young yeah. Thug on trial right now for X amount of whatever's. Right? And, and and from the way it's looking, he did that shit, mm-hmm. right? How many motherfuckers is listening? 
and it, we ain't got to be thug. It could be Dirk. It could be we all know we live here. We know the story surrounding them, that music. Mm-hmm. We know this shit ain't the real stories. Th- yeah, this ain't hypotheticals. They ain't making this shit up. Yeah. These are family members, neighborhoods, and people we know. Yeah, this shit happened. Yeah, you from you from you from somewhere else. You think Dirk just Dirk, Dirk just said he was dissing on my cousin ass ass all in that wood hunt. Everybody here knows who the fuck he talking about. Yeah, like and what the fuck happened behind and this that shit, shit plays on regular airwaves during the day with everybody tuned in, programming you more and more to the value of your life. Matter of fact, we ain't even selling rap no more. We just selling death. Mm-hmm. We just selling death, and everybody's accepted it. And it ain't about rap. Like we kind of pinpoint this shit down. Like the music is this and the music is that. No, no, no. It's the culture that breathes this shit. Mm-hmm. This is the culture that we've created that has said only value you have is a as, as your, your black body has is dead. That's it. The same construct that the slave master created when you got here. That's your value. That's it. They don't gotta do it to you no more. You like cattle, bro. You gonna do it for us? Yeah. It's the, it's the exact horse analogy that you was that you made. Yeah. Up. You like cattle, man. I don't gotta hold you up no more. You still ain't gonna go no fucking way. You still gonna act exactly as I've designed you that. Yeah. And even, you know, I know we got on the list of the 63rd and Racine gas station shootings. Yeah. This fucked me up too. And this is a concept I've been dealing with since that shit happened on my block. And all of this stuff matters, but this is our eyes wide shut segment for the day. It is a segment that we try to set aside one story to fully bring home the picture of us just not fucking seeing this shit clearly. I know we've been talking about that basically the whole time. But just understanding these things on a different level that we we looking at these things, but we eyes wide shut, not fucking seeing it. Man. I, I thought about this when I saw them guns, when the police brought them guns back in front of my house. Mm-hmm. I thought about this, right? From probably, I don't know, 13 to maybe like 22, 23. Mm-hmm. As a black man, and I'm assuming just in America, for sure in Chicago, you are in the midst of some insane shit. Oh, yeah. Right? Yeah. And in that insanity, you normalize the insanity because that's the only way you can properly survive. Yes. Right? So when I think about my rearing and my upbringing, right, I talk about 95th Street all the time. Right? But to quantify 95th Street, you got to understand at the time of my childhood, 95th Street was the wealthiest all-black community in America. That is a play on words. All black is the play, mm-hmm. right? Because next door to my grandmama's house was the dope house, right? Across the street was some hoes, like real hoes. Mm-hmm. You understand me? I, I knew who was carrying the pistols. The folks was everywhere. This is what the hood was. It was dope. It was All the shit that happened in every hood in America happened right here. Mm-hmm. And this is the wealthiest all black community in America, which lets you know, one, we ain't got no fucking money. Right. It don't take much. You're right. It don't take much to be the wealthiest all black community in America. Right, but I thought about that shit, and I thought about my own experience. Yeah, at the moment in time, I went to the best school in the, in America, damn near. They was touting Beasley as one of the best schools in America. Right, I attended Beasley. Mm-hmm. I all this shit on, on some levels, this shit was like an after school special. Right, but just being in the midst of this, there was also this like rumbling that you always knew existed. Mm-hmm. You was never safe. Everybody had PTSD. Every fucking body. Right? Because by the time I was fucking 11, one of my homies had been murdered. Right? Execution style. Not by accident. This wasn't a motherfucking stray. They meant to kill him. Right? But on the back end of that, I go to the best school in America. 
on the back end of that, this is the wealthiest community, black community in all of America. And even with all of these uh, 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 validating uh, ideas surrounding me, best school in America, wealthiest, I had people in my neighborhood like Vernon Jerry, right? I had the president of the Urban League on the corner, right? But also had K to hold down the street. All together, all in the hodgepodge, right? Just getting to the insanity of it all, though. You normalize it, this is just normal, right? But if I say that I'm the first generation to make less than their parents, what happens to that same community today? You cannot have the balance of a Vernon Jarrett and Kay in the same community. You can't have it. Mm. It can't exist. Mm. So all you are left with is the downtrodden. Mm. And you, again, like I said, I have this thin veil that allows me the illusion of escapism. That right. thin veil is me being able to pull into my goddamn garage instead of having to get out of my car on the street. Mm -hmm. That's how thin the fucking veil is. Mm -hmm. But getting to the shooting on 63rd and Racine, it just blew me because they found the shooter. The shooter was 17. Mm -hmm. The person he shot was 45. Mm -hmm. What the fuck is y'all doing where you two is engaging in that kind of energy? How is that plausible? Right, because my, my thin veil, my escape is I made it past 22, 23, 24. My life ain't surrounded by this neighborhood shit. I ain't getting on the bus. I ain't hanging out. At, I'm not hanging out in the places where this shit is taking place. How the fuck does a 17-year-old pull up and execute a motherfucker that's 45? And I don't know the story. I'm not saying it's impossible. But that speaks to the line being erased. There is no protection. Yeah, and it's, it's an it's a energy thing. And I think that, you know, everybody got their hand. Like, I should be able to get on the fucking bus. Surely. I should be able to ride the fucking train. I should be able to walk down the fucking street. I should be able to hang out in the park. I should be able to go get some gas. You know what I'm saying? You should. I'm not disagreeing. Like, it's, 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 there's a lack of understanding about the connectivity, generationally speaking. Nobody wants to be held accountable. Nobody wants to take their portion of responsibility for how the fuck we got here. Nobody. So everybody's like, nah, it ain't me. Oh, I raised mine right. Nah, I ain't. Hey, man. Everybody, Joe. And it's every fucking decision. So it's every, so it's when you got the wealthy dude on this corner and the sex worker on that corner, dope men on, like, we'll be such in a hurry to get away from each other. And then it's like, oh, look what the fuck happened over there. That's 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 that cyclical shit. That's that's rest in peace, gangster bull. Unable to overcome this fucking substance abuse issue, steady doing the same fucking thing until it's too fucking late. And it's like that's that's on every level. Some of us, I mean, all of us, in some way or another, complicit with this bullshit, G. And it's based on our value set. Based on our value set. And yeah, it's easy to be like, look at the shorties with the AKs. Look at the dude shooting up the gas station. Look at them shooting somebody on the train. Those easy ones. Anybody anybody can see that and be like, that's something ain't right with that shit. But until you properly connect the dots to figure out how the mindset is influencing the behavior and that sickness runs rampant throughout our entire community as a collective, you're just scratching the surface of what's really going on. You're not really trying to solve shit. You're just looking at all the symptoms and like, oh, we got to... We got to do something about that symptom. No, we got to treat that virus on the inside. That symptom will persist. You know what I'm saying? That, cyst, that nose will continue to run until you treat that virus on the inside. G. Like, stop just trying to blow your motherfucking nose, fam. Treat the virus on the inside. 
that we all got. Yeah, that's real, man. That motherfucker nose running, you might cough a little bit. So you, oh, because you can see his snotty ass nose. He worse than you? And all you doing is just coughing a little bit? Nah. Everybody in this motherfucker sick. And we all trying to find different ways to to mask the sickness as opposed to healing from it. Yeah, man. But, you know, there's been a perpetual war on black people since we showed up here. No doubt. Right. And because we so inundated with the sickness, we can't clearly identify the, the villain in our story. Right. You know what I mean? And, you know, crime is a, is is essentially uh, in response to proximity. So now that we've, you know, we're however many generations into the lineage of our existence on this soil and we've lost the value, right, we're imposing this, this detrimental behaviors on our elders, on our sisters, on our mothers. On our children. Even on our children. You know what I mean? And the only person that I can think of and, and again, from my understanding of manhood, the only person that can change this is black men. That is it. And, and, and I'm going to stand on this, man. Until you found something worthy of dying for, you've not found something worth living for. Ain't fit to live. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And we're in that moment in time. I don't see it any different. I can't see it any different. You know the stakes I mean? too high. The stakes are very high, right? And we're, we're, we're moving into a space and place economically where the American dollar is being devalued, right? And we're already at the bottom of the totem pole, right? We're moving in a space and place where the labor force is being uh, obliterated. Mm-hmm. And we're already at the bottom of the totem pole, mm-hmm. right? What happens when we finally reach rock bottom? How do we respond to one another? Because in my mind, it's only our response to one another that's going to create an environment where we're capable of surviving this moment in time. So we cannot prey on one another. Just turn on each other, man. I was watching, and we can get up out of here. I was watching Criminal Minds. I was last night. I couldn't sleep, so I was watching Criminal Minds over and over and over again. And one of the episodes, sick ass white dude took these three white girls, put them in a fucking dungeon room somewhere alone, and you know they yelling, "What's wrong with you? What you want from us?" And he came through the little peephole shit, and he said, I "Just want y'all to make a decision." Decide about what? He's like, two of y'all going to walk out of here and, and, and go free. One of y'all going to die in here. Just decide. And then close the door. Right? And so they're like, what the fuck? And they're like, we ain't finna turn on each other like that. We best friends. Like, that shit, that shit dead. He's like, when he come in here, we all going to attack him. Who off the bound? And the one girl was real quiet, and she was like, that shit is going to work. He was like, if he don't, if he don't give us no food or no water, that shit is gonna fucking work. Worked. They get hungry, they cold, they dehydrated. One of them started to get sick. Other girl like, look, she already sick anyway. Let's just kill her right the fuck now. So they, they like, all right, we made a decision. He like, cool. Drop two hammers in there. Y'all do it to each other. Killed one of them girls, bro. You know what I'm saying? If I deprive you for long enough, if I put y'all in the same community for long enough and deprive you of the resources that you need, I bet you a dollar to a hundred, y'all finna turn on each other, Joe. Hey, man, behavior is predictable, man. They study it. They study it, Joe. It's predictable, They bro. build prisons off of it. It's, it's, they create fashion trends off of it. It's all the same shit, right? The shit my son's son wears today, I would have been a, a homosexual in my day. Yeah. 
You understand me? They mm-hmm. can dictate behavior. That's what I mean. Like the social norm informs our value system every time, right? And because we're the greatest consumers on this soil, we buy into it hook, line, and sinker. Wild as fuck, man. We got to slide. Appreciate y'all so very, very much for tuning in to this edition of Herb and Two. Again, happy new year to y'all. Hope y'all year has started off as you have desired. I hope those uh, resolutions still going strong to you do that resolution stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't really do it either. Uh, you do um, vision boards? Uh, not necessarily vision boards, but I am um, thinking about having a goal-setting party. Just an excuse to have a nice brunch, <laughs> okay. pretty much. I'm cool with that. Let me know. I'll the goal-setting brunch. You guys will be invited. Uh, no, nah, that's dope. But whatever you do, hope it's going well for you. You know, whatever your uh, physical goals are, your mental goals, your financial goals, because we know y'all got them. Um, and that's fine. There's nothing wrong with having those financial goals. Nothing wrong with being intentional and putting things in the place to go about getting it. We're talking about your relationship to it, how you are willing to treat other people uh, to accumulate certain things. That's what this thing is about. When we talk about values and accountability and how these things are tied together. Now that your ass got to be broke or living in a box, never that. Let's create some humanity goals, though, and attack them with the vigor of a Kobe Bryant, right? The no compromise rule. Mm-hmm. Let's create some, some of them kind of goals, mm-hmm. right? And overnight, we'll see the difference in our communities. There's a reason why you had fun at Grandma's house. Flat out. Drop y'all humanity goals in the comments. You know I mean? That's yeah. facts. Flat out. Yes, definitely drop a humanity goal. Everybody put one humanity goal uh, in, in the comments for 2023. We love y'all. We appreciate y'all. We'll be back for a Relationship Friday edition of Herbin 2. It will drop on Saturday. Shows will be dropping on Thursdays and Saturdays Saturday. now. I still love Relationship Friday. So, I mean, maybe y'all can call Records it on Tuesday. Right, for all of the fish Drops on Saturday. Fish. Named after but Friday. it's called Friday. Friday. This is fuck shit, boy. Intellectual <laughs> thuggery at its absolute it wasn't finest. We love y'all. We got to go, man. Y'all take care of each other for the dopest producer in the podcast game. We love to call her E-4-0. 40 Fonz Rally. She much rather be called Peggy Bundy. That is a lie. <laughs> it is not. It is not. That is on her vision board. That is on her goal-setting brunch. The Pegster. Agenda. <laughs> Oh, shit. Take that, take that, take that. Shout out to P.I. for putting this video together, making it look as it does when you see it. And a huge shout out to Annihilation doing all of the hard work behind the board for my brother, too. My name is Herb. Y'all be good to each other. Peace. Salam alaikum.